0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, a lot happening in the All Ireland Club semi finals over the weekend. And while in the FA Cup, Arsenal were left disappointed by a Liverpool team minus Salah and minus Van Dijk. Well, to talk about this and all of the weekend sport, I'm joined by Owen Sheehan from Off the Ball. Owen, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Football can be a dangerous game.
1: <laughs> it, it certainly You can, it can. get yourself shot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it, it turns out you can. Not uh, certainly a, a situation we've seen too many times before. It's not obviously the first time that accidental shootings have happened. In Ireland, I think the figures have been dragged out over the past couple of days because of the situation that happened in County Tipperary on Saturday night. There was a stray round from a hunt nearby uh, at, a, at a soccer pitch in Rear Cross, which apparently had wounded one of the participants in this game of soccer. It was uh, an individual who was playing for Rear Cross FC against... Bally FC in a Junior B team match in Division 2 of the Tipperaryian District League. Um, not a, a league you'd hear mm. too much about except for, for when something uh, extraordinary happens. And uh, this was certainly something extraordinary. Um, emergency services were obviously called to the scene. Guardian paramedics were there. And, and thankfully, the uh, victim seems to be making a, a, a full recovery. Um, but yeah, it okay. t- t- could, t- t- could have shot, been worse. Could, could have, have been, been a lot been worse. worse, yeah.
0: All right. Uh, anyway, that was a, a freak incident. Uh, let's talk about a freaky football game um, because we had Kilmacud croaks in action against Glen,
1: and um, I didn't watch it, but even if I had watched it, I mightn't have seen it. You would have struggled to see quite a lot, Pat. Yeah, it was, uh, it was extraordinary. You'd have to... It, it did seem like... You constantly needed to adjust the satellite on your uh, <laughs> roof. Such was the, the the fuzziness of the picture that was being beamed into living rooms all around the country. I think if they'd played the game earlier in the day, it would have been okay. Um, but the longer the game went on, the longer the afternoon went on, the worse it got. Which ironically meant that the decisive closing stages were actually the hardest to see. No, it
0: was uh, the closing stages under lights. One presumes, yes, and that of course the light that the droplets of fog pick up the light and sure. it makes it even more.
1: Good point. I'm not, I'm not, I, I need to probably educate myself on the science <laughs> of fog versus uh, artificial light but uh, it certainly got tougher to see the later the game went on and uh, as it turned out the later the game went on Kilmacud Croaks scored a bit of a wonder goal actually from the boot of Shane Walsh that went over all the defenders, over the goalkeeper and into the back of the net. So I do wonder if the goalkeeper could actually see the ball himself because I was under the assumption that all the players on the pitch could see perfectly and maybe even in the commentary box you could see 90% of the pitch. But actually the behaviour of the goalkeeper in that moment suggested to me that even the players were struggling to see the match which brings the whole thing into a state of farce. And it seems that every time that Glenn and Kilmercourt play each other there is some other element at play whether it's the extra man on the pitch at the end of the game last year or just a complete lack of visibility in this year's game between uh, the two mm-hmm. sides. And you, you had the the club manager coming out afterwards saying that the game just sh- shouldn't have been played. Yeah. No, he wasn't begrudging Glenn win. Robbie Brennan, he was very magnanimous. 100%. And he said the better team won, to be fair to him. But he did make an all, also a very interesting point that you know the, the GA possibly should be playing these fixtures before Christmas and getting the club season done all in the one calendar year he feels that it's even a bit of an afterthought compared to, say, the O'Burn Cup and other pre-season inter-county competitions at the moment and maybe there wasn't due care for, you know, the players here and the clubs here and potentially postponing this game another week would have been the right thing to yeah. do. Uh, but it was, from what we could see, a pretty good game. It does take away from what should have been a classic really which is a shame because we've been waiting for this match up for the most part of the last 12 months. On the other side of things the the, the other semi-final yeah. was also affected by weather. What happened there? So it looked like half of the pitch was frozen basically. You had Semple Stadium uh, which obviously the angle of the sun meant that the sun melted the frost on one half of the pitch in front of one of the stands, and then the other half of the pitch uh, was completely frozen over. Which meant in the first half, you could kind of tell that the players were trying to keep the ball away from the frosted yeah. overside. But at the same time, there was also a moment in the first half where Brian Hurley had uh, 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 felt around 45 meters out, took a great kick off the ground on the frost, on the frosty side, and pinged it between the posts with plenty to spare as well. So it didn't seem to affect that game too much. And there was some really tidy football, especially from St. Bridget's uh, yesterday afternoon. And to be fair to the four teams in action, they really kind of got on with it on the pitch and there was plenty of drama in both of these semi-finals. But I guess what's been lost in all of this is that the winners are Glen of Derry and St. Bridges of Roscommon and they will be the All-Ireland finalists in this year's club championship.
0: All right. Uh, of course, the question in Thurlis was if the the ice, I mean, what kind of studs do you have in your boots when one side is maybe Marsh and the other side is an ice
1: rink? I think it's the same shoes that that you'd wear trying to, to get to the top of the ski slope if you were in the Alps <laughs> at the moment. I think that that was the, the, the footwear that St. Bridges players were wearing yesterday.
0: Now, uh, Talk to us about the Cup and uh, Liverpool once again vanquishing Arsenal.
1: Yes, uh, you'd have to say it was quite impressive this from Liverpool yesterday. First of all, to keep the head after an early Arsenal onslaught in this game where Arsenal missed a number of gilt edged opportunities, but also at nil all, Jurgen Klopp turns to his Bench and he brings on a twenty-year-old and an eighteen-year-old, Bobby Clark and Connor Bradley. And even after that, they go on and win the game. Like Arsenal had a couple of kids on their bench as well, didn't introduce them. They brought on senior players when the game was uh, stuck at nil all, and they obviously brought on more when they went one nil down. But this was really impressive from Liverpool yesterday. Sure, there was a bit of fortune; Odegaard hits the the crossbar, but Liverpool hit the crossbar a couple of times themselves. Mikel Arteta came out afterwards and and really is playing up to the idea that. You know, Arsenal just can't finish. Uh, there are opportunities at the moment that there's a bit of anxiety in front of goal. And I do wonder if there's deeper problems here as well. And Mikel Arteta is just in a sticky patch at the moment. Two desperately poor results before New Year's, losing to West Ham United, losing to Fulham. The title race has sort of derailed for them. And now they're out of the FA Cup. It's been a really poor few weeks. They go off to a warm weather training camp in Dubai now and they'll come back after that with the resumption of the Premier League for them in a couple of weeks. So they need to get the ship back on the road. Whereas for Liverpool... Down Mo Salah, as you mentioned. Down Van Dijk, as you mentioned. Also down Endo, who's off to the to the Asian Cup himself. Three pivotal players, certainly in in the context of their recent form, and they won at the Emirates. So this is a really impressive result. These two sides meet e- each other once again in the Premier League uh, in on that Bank Holiday weekend at the start of February, and it's at the Emirates once again. And I the think big, our, pressure on our big pressure on Arteta. Big pressure on on Arteta. No, I Netflix remember sure.
0: at the beginning of the season when people were saying uh, uh, Arsenal will fade because they don't have the depth, et
1: cetera, et cetera. Is that what's happening? It seems that at the start of the season, Arsenal were lacking a goal scorer and... In and around November, early December, they'd managed to just find goals from other parts of their team. Even Kai Havertz, who was much maligned at the start of his Arsenal career, started to chip in with a number of goals. He was deployed as their centre forward yesterday because Gabriel Jesus is once again injured. It was interesting that they went for Havertz rather than Eddie Nketiah as their number nine, which is telling. They don't have a number nine that Mikel Arteta is happy to play when Jesus is out. Because of financial fair play regulations, Arsenal don't really have the budget to go out and sign an Ivan Toney or somebody of that ilk to make up for that number nine position over the course of the rest of the season. And it's clearly their biggest problem. So I don't see Arsenal solving this issue before the next transfer window. uh,
0: Maybe at some point we should do something on financial fair play because I'm a bit confused that uh, teams with new owners like Newcastle can buy and spend a lot of money. We know that Chelsea under Abramovich spent a huge amount of money. Man City, huge amount of money. Um, United, maybe unwisely, <laughs> spent a lot mm-hmm. of money. Like, what's the, the problem with Arsenal? Can, you know, can they not spend big money like these other clubs?
1: There's also a legacy here with Arsenal due to a lack of Champions League football over the past couple of years, which has obviously hampered their revenue. And the whole yeah, point is, but of this I mean, stuff. financial fair play is a different? It, it's true, and also on on top of that, Arsenal probably went into the last transfer window hoping to increase their financial fair play situation by selling some of their homegrown talent because there's no amortisation attached to yeah. your homegrown talent. And I think with a couple of the Arsenal players that they wanted to get rid of last season, maybe someone like Emile Smith-Rowe or an Eddie Nketiah, they would be looking for big money for those players. They could have sold them, but not for enough. And I don't think when they balanced that situation up, they felt that those players were worth selling. Basically, Arsenal had a good transfer window when it came to bringing players in I thought last summer maybe with the exception of Havertz but Declan Rice was an exceptional signing I don't think it was a great window due to the fact that they could not get rid of the talent they wanted to get rid of and as a result of that they now therefore do not have the money in the bank to be able to bring new players in that they want to get in Alright, a- anyway uh, Manchester City made
0: uh, what well, 5-0 on Huddersfield you know let's not even dwell on that They look inevitable at the moment the next uh, round Ohnjean from Off the ball. thank you very much for joining us now A